You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special post-game edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well, regardless of whenever you hear this. Posting is late at night, but some of you may hear this during the daytime on Sunday. But regardless, thanks for taking some time. This is my initial reactions to BYU's wins over both San Diego State and football, as well as some thoughts on BYU basketball getting a rivalry win over Utah. So a lot of fun to be had here. We'll get to all of it coming up here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 13th. 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on this special post-game edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. As you guys know, on these editions, we give you my initial thoughts on the win or loss for BYU football. Today's going to be a double dip, considering we're going to talk us talk also some BYU basketball here in a bit, but we also get your guys' reaction. I asked for them on social media, and you guys send them in, and we'll get to your comments about the games as well. So let's launch into it here. BYU football ranked number 18 in the country in the college football playoff rankings. Well, they bounced back from that loss to Coastal Carolina last week and beat San Diego State tonight, or last night, I guess, technically, 28-14. to Solid win for BYU. They're now 10-1 and one on the season. Didn't look pretty for majority of this game. Uh, felt like it was very much a game where the ground was frozen solid. Weather played a factor. Obviously, freezing cold out there for both teams. But BYU weathered an early storm from San Diego State. Pitched a shutout in the final three quarters and walks away with their 10th win of the season. It's BYU's first 10-win season since 2011, folks. Think about that. That's first off is what I wanted to talk about. The last time BYU won 10 or more games was the first year of independence. Of course, that schedule as compared to this one. I would say fairly comparable. BYU finishing 10-3 and that year. But the Cougars, it's been a decade nearly since they last had a double-digit win season. And I think that's something to hang your hat on for BYU. Especially if the regular season ends as it stands with a 10-1 and record. There are very few teams in BYU football history that have had only one loss. There's only one that has had fewer than that. And that's the 1984-12-0 team. 13-0 team, excuse me, that season. And BYU now has a chance, uh, pending a bowl game, to push it to 11-1. and Maybe if they add a game next Saturday to 11-1 and and then a bowl game to 12-1. and This is a good season for BYU. Uh, there's a lot that can be dissected from this type of a game and from the season as a whole for BYU. But you're not going to throw this back and say, well, it deserves an asterisk because it's 2020. I refuse to do that, by the way. I will not do that because this was a good win for BYU. I thought this would be a game where BYU was going to prove a lot to a lot of people. And what I mean by that is if BYU would have gone out and got beat by San Diego State, all of the, the detractors out there who have said BYU built their gaudy record on 
cheap opponents, uh, teams that were overmatched, etc., would have been justified in saying so. BYU wins this game tonight, and it looks more like a blip in the radar with regards to coming up a yard short against Coastal Carolina. Well, as it stands, BYU does win the game, and now they're 10-1. They should move up in the polls, both the coaches and AP poll tomorrow, especially considering Florida and Miami both lost in front of them. We'll see if it has any effect on what the college football playoff committee thinks. I still think the New Year's Six is uh, the chance of that is dead and gone, but I think a double-digit win season for BYU with the chance to play in a bowl game here, push that record to 11 or 12-1 and pending if they add another game next week in the regular season, and who knows? There's a lot of people talking about there that BYU should play two bowl games. If I'm BYU, I would tell ESPN, I don't care how many bowl games you need to put us in, we're happy to play them so long as you give us a week between them to prepare. That's the fun part about this time of year, especially with how weird 2020 has been. There's no stipulation based on what I understand about bowl rules that require you or preclude you, excuse me, from playing more than one bowl game. Be very unprecedented. There's no doubt about that, but it'd be cool all the same to see BYU keep playing. This is a fun team to watch. And when it's not in the teens, temperature wise with snow and ice hard ground, I think actually BYU could put up a lot of points. I actually predicted this game uh, in the pregame show with Hans Olsen and Will Snowden to be 34-17. to 17. Well, not off too much on that. And BYU now moves on with their 10th win in the season. Some of the notes in terms of players you'll want to know about. Zach Wilson, another 300-yard performance, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And it might be his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, I'm actually not going to say might. It is his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, barring something unforeseen and BYU adding a home game next week. Zach is headed for the NFL, folks. And he's played in all kinds of conditions this year. And tonight proved that he can play in cold cold weather when it's working against him. That was a very cold game in terms of the players on the field and I think that he proved in multiple elements this year that he can do it all. He had multiple great throws in this game, three touchdown passes. He did it all once again. Major loss to not have Tyler Algier out there. It felt like having him as a sledgehammer would have been a big help to BYU's chances in this game, but Lopini Katoa filling in admirably with 14 carries, 90 yards on the night, an average of 6.4 yards per carry. A good night for that young man filling in for Tyler Tyler Algier. Kind of surprised we didn't see more of Sione Fina carrying the rock, but hey, you move on from that. Dax Milne proving he is the Blitnikoff uh, semifinalist that he is. He had eight receptions for 106 yards and one touchdown to lead BYU in receiving yards and receptions. Actually tied for receptions with Nil Pau, who had eight receptions for 98 yards. And then Isaac Rex, folks, just a marvelous, marvelous game despite the early fumble that really hurt BYU early on. He finishes the game with five receptions, 47 yards, and two touchdowns. Zach Wilson on the season to this point has 30 touchdown passes, 10 of them or a cool third of his touchdown passes have gone to Isaac Rex. Rex is going to be a freshman All-American and a well-deserving honoree of that uh, citation. He has been great all year long. And then a couple final notes here. Jake Oldroyd, folks. I know many of you said in your comments, and we'll get to those in a minute, but hitting a 50-yard field goal with ease in the conditions that he was kicking in tonight, that ball is going to hurt your foot for most people. 
Jake Oldroyd, no problem. Just boots a 50-yard field goal, added another 29-yarder later in the game, and just a great night for that young man. There's a reason why he's also a Lou Groza semifinalist. Lou Groza Award, the top place kicker in the country. He's a semifinalist for that award for a reason, and good to see him doing that. And then finally, defensively, Keenan Peely and Isaiah Kafusi coming up big, both of them leading BYU, tied for the team high with nine total tackles. A great night for them. I thought Drew Jensen's interception really just gave BYU some juice on defense and really turned the tide for them because early on it looked like San Diego State was just going to move the ball. And then the defense in the second half, stonewalling San Diego State on a fourth down there at the goal line, actually on third down before that, and just some marvelous, marvelous outings, bend-don't-break style for BYU's defense. I know that it's infuriating in many respects, but hey, when you pitch a shutout for three quarters after giving up 14 points in the first quarter, I do have to tip my cap to you, and I tip my cap to Elisa Tuiaki and the rest of the coaching staff on making the adjustments that let, that allow BYU to at least hold San Diego State out of the end zone, because as I say often on this podcast, what you really care about in all reality is the scoreboard. You want your team, in this case BYU, to have more points than the other team, and that's exactly what they did, and BYU is now 10-0 in the season. I'll have more on Monday Today's edition of the podcast. I'll do my film review, rewatch the game in its entirety, pass along whatever I see after a second viewing of the contest. We'll have all of that on the Monday edition of the podcast. Coming up here in just a moment, though, it is your guys' time to shine, your guys' chance to sound off on everything going on from this game. We'll get to all of those in a little bit later on. We'll also talk some BYU hoops as the Cougars down the Utes in their rivalry game. So still a lot to get to. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening in from. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star rating and a review. It really does help us uh, build this audience. Got a great audience to begin with. I'll freely admit that, but it would help us to continue to build the audience if you guys would send in a a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts in particular or really anywhere where you're listening in from. Make sure to use the word of mouth as well. Share with your family and friends. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them what we're doing here and make sure they download the show and listen to it as well. Well, and a big thank you in advance for your guys' continued support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, is your guys' time to shine here as you guys react to the win? I asked for you guys' post-game reactions, and you guys delivered. So first things first, we'll start off with Carson Allen at C-C-A-A-R-S-O-N-N. Carson, you have a really cool Twitter handle. I will freely admit that. He said, the most frustrating 2-TD win I have seen in a while. I think three things contributed to this. He says, one, I'm used to scoring 50 points this season. That's a good point. Would other beat San Diego State by 400? I think many BYU fans are with you there, Carson. And then finally, San Diego State playing keep away and our bend to the tune of 400 yards, but don't break D. You have a very good point there as well. I can't disagree with anything that Carson said there. I don't think you guys will disagree with that. BYU's defense very much did bend, but it did not break in the final three quarters of this game. And you won the game, so you move on and be happy about it. Alan Black at ABlack55, an old friend of mine. Alan says, if Oldroyd doesn't win the Groza this year, speaking of the Lou Groza Award, it'll be a travesty. I don't know. I can't uh, 
fake that I know about the other big kickers in the country right now, Alan. But Jake Oldroyd is very much deserving of being a finalist in my mind. He's 12 of 12 or 13 of 13 on the season, field goal wise. He's tied his career long at 54 yards. I think he can kick farther than that in the right conditions. And he's absolutely deserving of being in the running for that award. And we'll see how it goes for that young man. Uh, BYU Insider at BYU for the W says, Thank goodness for Zach Wilson. Thank goodness for the turnovers. The D was unbearable to watch. Horrific third down stops. Horrible run D. Something needs to change. I can't disagree with you there. I think something does need to change, but BYU did win the football game. Let's be happy about that. But I do agree. The third down defense, just the overall scheme, it just seems too vanilla and does need to have some tuning up. And I'm not sure what it'll take for that, but maybe at some point we'll see some changes from the BYU defense. At Brian Blanche, defense last couple of games against super run-heavy teams wasn't great. I would like to see seven or eight guys up consistently with the man coverage. Make QBs beat you. In the end, the defense did enough to win the last two games. Today, offense played good enough to win. Last week, not so much. It's a good point. BYU only did give up 22 points a week ago. They gave up 14 tonight, but BYU's offense 28 points tonight, 17 a week ago in a loss and coming up a yard short. It is disappointing in that regard, so you bring up some good points there, Brian. Uh, David Hatch, love the last name, David. I always enjoy you, you weighing in. Said, glad they got the win. The defense is just well, dot, dot, dot. They need to get off the field against the better teams. That's a very good point. Our offense is elite no matter who we play as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. And BYU did shoot themselves in the foot early on. That fumble by Dax Milne did hurt them, but after that, they were pretty clean. So you're right. When you don't shoot yourself in the foot, you have a chance to win a game. Matthew Blackburn at Rig Matthew says, Oldroyd quickly gaining on GOAT status. Well, there's been some great kickers in BYU history. Lee Johnson, Matt Payne, Mitch Payne, uh, Trevor Sampson holds the career field goal, I believe, percentage-wise, in terms of made field goals percentage-wise. So there's a lot of big names up there, but Old Droid is a good one. There's no doubt about that, Matthew. I agree with you on that. Sergeant Gunderson at SGT underscore elect. Happy with the W. Happy with 10 wins. The defensive scheme is becoming unwatchable. Uh, Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider said it best. Death by 1,000 paper cuts is still death. It's a very good point. The BYU defense is uh, bending and not breaking in many respects, but if they get a better team, let's say a Power 5 team, how much will they punish BYU, especially in the run game? Sure looks like after the last two games, it could be pretty ugly in that regard. All right, a couple other thoughts here. Our good friend Bleeding Bleeding underscore Blue 91 says, 10-1 BYU realist. He says, defense looking bad again. We couldn't stop them in the run game. We couldn't keep them from converting on third down and passing downs, not to mention fourth and thirteen. Our, quote, high-ranking defense is a product of our weak schedule. There's an argument to be, to be made in that regard, and I appreciate you weighing in, Bleeding Blue 91. All right, moving on here. Chris Murphy at C. Murphy Pro, a longtime listener. Both teams look slow. Maybe it was the weather with Algier and Romney. This is not near as close. One yard short of an amazing season, but the program is headed in the right direction. They are one yard short, man. It's just, it, it sucks to think about that, BYU being just the one yard short, but... 
That's how football goes. It's a game of inches, literally, sometimes. Uh, David saying, defense needs to blitz more. Well, that's not a bad point. Loyal Cougar adding on uh, BR Big Blue behind that saying, and stack the box. Also a fair point. It would be nice to see BYU bring a few more run blitzes. They did bring more blitzes tonight, and when they did bring the blitzes, funny enough, San Diego State was making and completing the passes. Kind of crazy in how that happens, but BYU is being a little more exotic with their pressures. You like to see more of it though and especially when the run game is as heavy as it is why not bring seven or eight guys into the box to defend that uh nick chadwick at nick chadwick's 15 he says i get it we only gave up 14 points but our d-line is atrocious who coaches our d-line during the week haven't seen any progress all year that's coach tuiaki the defensive coordinator is also the defensive line coach once tonga gets doubled we're toast p.s why is tonga crossing and not going straight up the field on rushes well those crossing those twists as they call them is the technical term are trying to get offensive linemen confused and Kyrus I guess must be the best option in that regard and uh, it's kind of weird to see him making the twist but hey you're right there's a good point the defensive line does need to see an uptick I agree with Blair Red, a good friend of ours he said this on Twitter that Max Tooley after I was talking about Tooley was BYU's best player on the defensive line in this game I have a hard time disagreeing Tooley is severely um, outmanned in terms of just overall size as an edge defender but his speed makes up for a lot and it's good to see him doing his thing out there alright a few more thoughts here uh, Rodney McKee sent in a good one he says Colob, D- Colob RDM just sent in a gif that was just ugh with uh, Schmidt from New Curl just looking like he wants to die it's not a bad point, but BYU did win, Rodney, so let's just enjoy that. Wired, Puma, Wired Puma is very upset with Tuiaki, the defense. He's tired of reactionary defense rather than proactive defense. Cincinnati would destroy us right now just at the lineup and run clock. It's not a bad point. These teams that BYU's faced the last two weeks really have been able to run the ball on the Cougars. I'm not sure there's a ready-made answer for BYU outside of putting more guys in the box, which I would like to see, but maybe even then it doesn't work. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, Dustin Ivers, uh, another theme here. Our defensive line still has a long way to go. BYU needs to learn to control possession time. However, the D-line was much improved in the fourth quarter. Had a couple huge stops. Caden Haas, that stick on third down there on the goal line, was an impressive stop for that young man and just a lot of good to see from as the game progressed from BYU's defense I felt like he got better as the game progressed but still nowhere near I think what many of us uh, out there watching this team believe they could be as good as they are or maybe should be in terms of their defense a couple other things here before we wrap up your guys's portion of the segment Jameson Coogs Jameson Coons at go Coogs 33 I hate San Diego State almost as much as I hate Utah well you're not that's not, not a bad point and then finally I'll leave it to my good friend Lloyd Winkleman a mission uh, compatriot of mine in Taiwan he says Oldroyd's 50 yard field goal was impressive with how cold it was it was also good to see BYU get points off turnovers that is an underrated point BYU did force two turnovers got 10 points off of those turnovers it's a critical critical stat a good thing a good catch there by lloyd breaking that down and pointing that out getting points when you get the ball back on a turnover is critical and byu tonight or last night excuse me did capitalize 
on that. All right, we will break some BYU hoops down here in a moment. BYU getting a big rivalry win over Utah. How did it go down? What were my thoughts on it? We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, we'd love to have you guys be more involved with the Locked On Cougars podcast. And what I mean by that is being an advertiser with us here. If you've got a company, a product, a service you'd like to get in front of thousands of BYU fans every day, we'd be happy to have you guys on board working with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Like I said, we reach thousands of BYU fans both locally here along the Wasatch Front and nationally and even some cases internationally. And we'd love to help you guys get your product, your service, whatever it might be to them. And you can do it right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. If you're interested in doing so, feel free to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. That is the email address. We have a sales team who can help you have advertising success in the podcast sphere. And our rates are very competitive. So reach out anytime, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love to get you guys involved and have you guys as a sponsor here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, as you round out this special post-game edition of the podcast, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about BYU and Utah and hoops. BYU walks away with an 82-64 route of the University of Utah, and that's a big-time win for the BYU basketball program, especially considering the loss against uh, Boise State earlier on this week and obviously losing to Utah in Salt Lake City last year. Disappointing outcome in that game, but good to see BYU really controlling things and taken down Utah. BYU now 6-2 on the season, 4-1 at home. I think the biggest key to this game was Big Rich. Richard Harward was a man amongst boys. He was a tree in a, a forest full of redwoods and just absolutely got it done. Flashed more offensive ability than I have seen from him in quite some time, if not ever. He finished the game with 15 points on 7 of 7 shooting in 20 minutes, added 7 rebounds, even had an assist. This was a marvelous, marvelous outing for Richard Harward. He wasn't BYU's leading scorer in this game. That goes to Connor Harding, who had a great outing in his own right. But what Richard Harward did, his defense on the interior, his ability to score bucket after bucket after bucket, and really just help BYU build a lead they never relinquished in the second half, that, I thought, was the big key to this game, big key to the win for BYU. And Richard Harward... You earned your what paycheck, but your scholarship check for this next month. That was a marvelous outing. Spencer Johnson, by the way, quickly becoming a fan favorite, second leading scorer in this game for BYU. He comes off the bench to notch 27 minutes, 16 points, six rebounds. He is just does everything the right way. He is so good at what he does. And I think Spencer Johnson could find himself into just a bigger and bigger role as this season goes along, maybe even a starting role in certain circumstances because I do think that BYU has the capability on this uh, on this team, excuse me, with the lineup to start multiple guys it, just depending on how they feel like they can attack things. Maybe Spencer Johnson is best suited to be that sixth man and come off the bench. I could be wrong, but I do think in certain circumstances he could be the right guy to start certain games for BYU. Colby Lee, I thought, had good minutes starting once again for BYU. He added seven points. Matt Harms had a pretty quiet outing with seven points in his own right, both of them adding four rebounds. Alex Barcelo, you'll take a five-point outing from him considering BYU won by 18 points.
points, but uh, quiet outing for him. But Connor Harding, a breakout outing after some tough games before this. He had 17 points, scored the first bucket for BYU in this game, was 6-8 from the field. And BYU as a team shooting it really well from the field, 55.4%, 39.1% from beyond the arc. Uh, actually, a smaller amount of threes for BYU in this game, just 23 attempts, 9 makes. But I thought the defense for BYU was really good. Uh, Utah struggled to score in multiple spurts in this game, but you do give credit to BYU's defense on that. The Utes for the game, 36.4% shooting, 32.1% from beyond the arc, 58.3% from the free throw line. BYU, 91.7%, 11 of 12, just one missed free throw in this game by Caleb Lohner, who, by the way, made his first career three-pointer for BYU at the Marriott Center. So a lot of good for BYU in this game. I thought it was the right type of bounce-back game you wanted to see from the Cougars after that disappointing loss to to Boise State earlier on in the week. And now you get a week off to finish up finals, practice, and then it's a showdown on the road next Friday at San Diego State. 3 o'clock Mountain Time, a tip on CBS Sports Network Friday afternoon. That game, if BYU beats San Diego State at Viejas Arena, will be the, I think, rubber stamp on BYU's non-conference resume when it comes to conference, uh, not conference time, tournament time, NCAA tournament selection time, because a win over San Diego State is going to look really good. It would have been nice to have Boise State, there's no doubt about it, but a road win over San Diego State holds a lot more weight than even a home win over Boise State does, especially considering San Diego State is ranked right now. They're one of the top teams in the Mountain West, and they have a reputation of being that. So a massive win for BYU on the court today as they beat Utah, uh, get some payback against the Utes, but now you look forward to a week worth of preparation and hopefully a great outing at San Diego State, and then you're back home the following week to wrap up non-conference play against Texas Southern and Weber State, so it should be two wins here. BYU could be sitting at 9-2 and two going into conference play if all goes according to plan. It's easier said than done, especially when you're going to face the likes of San Diego State next week, but the the carrots on the end of the on the end of the stick you can see it and I apologize that I'm slurring my words and falling over them but it's nearly 2 a.m. when I'm posting this so apologies for the lack of my usual uh, what what do I call it I don't know but anyways apologies for that but regardless huge win for BYU and now they can go into conference play with a lot of momentum if they pick up a big win next Friday against San Diego State alright that's going to do it for the special post game edition as I said the Monday edition our film review of BYU football and the win over San Diego State also where BYU landed in the polls both AP and coaches poll a preview of what we expect from the college football playoff rankings so a ton to get to still on the podcast and we'll carry on throughout the rest of the next week regardless if BYU plays a game or not we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys so big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast as always have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this or a great night no matter what it might be this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 13th 2020 and we will talk to you guys soon